0: is Dorianne. You're listening to Finding Balance with Dorianne, Journey 365, where every week we look at different areas of our life and see how we can bring them into balance. The 12 areas of life that we look at are joy, social life, relationships, home environment, home cooking, physical activity, health, education, career, finance, creativity, and spirituality. Today we are going to be looking at health and fitness. But before we get into that, we are going to I want to tell you a little bit more about my journey and how I ended up where I am and why I decided to do this podcast. Um, if you have any questions about anything you hear or would like to contact me, please visit my website at www.balancestory.com or you can email me at MindBodySoulLLC at yahoo.com, or you can catch me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at atBalancedDorian. All right, so I wanted to get into a little bit about my journey um, to how I, my healthy living and how I became a health coach. Well, I want to go back way, way back to when I was a little kid. So I was a really, as long as I can remember, I was always very ill as a child. Um, I had eczema really bad, and it was very painful as a child. Um, I could not, there were many nights where I could not sleep because it hurt so bad. Um, So I was in a lot of pain, and I also often... You know, for the first several years of my life, I had a lot of ear infections, which they treated with antibiotics, and then when I got older, um, strep throat was a really big culprit in my life. I had strep all the time as a kid. Um, I also got random and all, like, <laughs> my sisters always tease me because I always got, like, these random... Illnesses, Like they were never your typical illnesses. And it was always, I always got them. It was just my luck of the draw. So I was constantly sick and often extremely tired. Mainly because I wasn't sleeping well because my skin hurt so bad. And it wasn't something that I really discussed much. I think with my parents um, growing up, I think I, I guess when I look at how I grew up, I felt like kind of like my parents kind of did their thing and we kind of did ours. Now, certainly, I don't remember a whole lot of the beginning of my life, um, simply because it's been a long time since then. Um, But, you know, especially in the school age years, I mean, I, my skin would hurt and I I don't, I never really went to my parents and said, uh, my skin hurts. Um... I just went to the medicine cabinet where my steroid cream was and I would put it on. Um, And it didn't always help. In fact, a lot of times it didn't. And um, so I was always in a lot of pain and I was super self-conscious about it because I would always have sores on my arms um, and legs. So it was something I really struggled with and... To be honest, I don't know how, I, I don't think I would have made it through school without my best friend, um, who I met in Girl Scouts. And um, I was in Girl Scouts for 13 years, and um, me and her met in kindergarten. Our parents decided, our older sisters were in the same Girl Scout troop, and our parents decided to share a babysitter. And she, so we, I went to her house. And we had um, a picnic lunch in a refrigerator box. And it was um, really a defining moment in our lives. And um, we ended up being best, best friends after that. And we were on the same Girl Scout trip the whole time. And we went to the same school the whole time. And even though we've come and gone in regards to closeness, um, now that we have kids and everything, I think any time that we can talk to each other, we just can reconnect like it was... Um, just like when we were little kids, so I have to thank her because <laughs> she kind of carried me through my my school years because um, kids weren't very um, weren't always nice to me, and I am a super sensitive person, and I would think I just always have been a sensitive person, and I would not even say sensitive, but I, a very um, emotional person. Um, things really hurt my heart very easily, um, so that was kind of. <laughs> She was there to kind of pick me up when I would be down, and so on and so forth. So anyway, I would get sick all the time when I was a kid. Um, even at one point when I was in um, fifth grade, I we had gone on a trip, and I ended up with strep throat, and I felt you know, and I came home, and I ended up getting it three times in a row. Like I was on antibiotics three times in one month for strep. Um, so much so that at the end of the third round of antibiotics, they tested. <laughs> They retested me for strep just to make sure that it was gone, and it was. So I really, you know, after that, I didn't get strep for a while. Though um, at that point, you know, puberty was setting in, and um, I got, you know, my my monthly cycle, and I started um, started that, and it was really um, not good for me. <laughs> So I would get really sick with that um, to the point where I would, um, you know, I don't even think I even talked to my parents about it, but, like, the pain would be so bad that I things would st- I would start blacking out and get super nauseous, and then I would throw up, and I would pass out on the floor for hours in the bathroom in the middle of the night. I never really woke my parents up for that. Um, I know my parents knew that I had, that I was Having a lot of pain, but a lot of it I kind of did on my own and I just sort of went through it. And as I was growing older, I mean, the doctors decided that the best thing to do for me was to put me on um, birth control um, at a very young age, and it didn't really help me. (laughs) Um, I was still having trouble. I was going home sick from school every month, um, my flow was super heavy um, to the point. Where uh, I'd have to wear like three or three pads at a time so that I wouldn't leak like, through. And so I was um, extremely miserable when it came to that. And so when I hit high school, so I got scarlet fever in ninth grade, and then when I hit high school, they finally decided to put me on the, you know, the depot shot, which was, um, to my relief, I stopped getting my period, and I was like, so grateful for that at that time because I had been in so much pain for so many months um, that high school was actually, um, my eczema kind of went away uh, in high school. I was able to be more active. I mean, I was still pretty tired, but um, I was still able to be more active and I didn't have, and I didn't get sick as much as I did Um, all the years before that, so high school was pretty good for that, Um, but when I got into college, (laughs) for some reason, um, I ended up having the same pain that I always had um, with my periods, but without my period, and it was so excruciatingly bad that, um, you know, at that point, I did talk to my mom about it. Um, she took me to the doc. Actually, she t- she called the doctor. The doctor gave me an appointment, but then they decided to just send me in for an ultrasound right away before seeing me. Um, but <laughs> the doctor decided that they needed to check my gallbladder and not um, my reproductive organs because clearly my pain was not coming from my reproductive or- organs. So I went in for that ultrasound, and I can r- I still remember. And there ultrasounding my gallbladder which is not having any problems at all and I'm like no it's down here the pain is down here and they wouldn't (laughs) listen so when we went to the doctor after that you know she started pushing on my stomach and everything was okay for the most part and she got a phone call in the middle of the examination so she had to go so she left the room and while she was out of the room the pain started to happen again And my mom ran and got the doctor, and the doctor came in, and I was white as can be, pale white, and I was about to pass out um, in the room. And she was like, I don't know what's wrong, but clearly there's something seriously wrong, and um, they put me in the hospital for 24 hours. And while I was in the hospital, they put me on morphine offset by Percocet as often as the pain happened which was every couple hours so here I am the scared 19 year old girl um in the hospital my you know by myself um in so much pain and they're giving me these drugs (laughs) and I'm miserable miserable and at the end of my 24 hour stay there pain's still happening the doctor released me they did a ton of scans, they did CT scans and they found a couple cysts but nothing that they thought was anything to be on my ovaries but nothing that would be causing this much pain within my body so they chalked it off to constipation which I had yeah you probably don't need to know this but I had been having plenty of bowel movements while I was in in the hospital so it was not constipation so they sent me home with an open prescription for Percocet and said it's nothing and the pain continued and so my mom ended up taking me to an ob specialist to see if there's anything that they could do and the ob specialist decided that it would be best to do laparoscopic surgery to see kind of an exploratory surgery to see what was going on inside of my my ovaries and i was like 19 years old in more pain than i can even tell you (laughs) And I w- was okay with anything that that guy said. I was like, "All right, open me up, figure out what's going on." So I went in for surgery the next day, and what they found was a you know a small bit of endometriosis and a few cysts on my ovaries. And so what they decided to do, and um, it was hard because y- you know they're basically telling me um, they're basically telling me that if you ever want to have kids um, or not if you ever want to have kids but like one of the fixes is getting pregnant and even at that point in my life I hadn't even you know had a relationship that serious yet so I was kind of in a point where that just was not an option at 19 years old I was not going to be um, having a baby so they decided to put me on an experimental uh, dose of Lupron which basically, from what they described it, as put me in menopause for six months. Um, and then after the six months was over, they put me back on um, birth control, which was Seasonal, which I took until I was 21 years old. And, um, well, um, 22, 22 years old. Um, at that point, I had a serious boyfriend or fiancé at that time. And we had decided that, you know, when we got married, we wanted to have kids, you know, and um, we were getting married in the next year, so I decided to stop taking the birth control, and I stopped taking it, and about, you know, a month later I stopped getting my period, and I started getting hot flashes, and I knew that there was something wrong, and so I made an appointment with, um, Well, I called the OB office of the specialist that I had seen, and um, he had um, passed away from cancer the year before. And so it was sad to hear that. um, So I saw this new lady doctor that was there. And um, during this time frame, I also ended up having a breast lump. uh, And I had gone and seen my doctor that I had seen my whole life because I hadn't switched doctors yet because, I don't know, I... Was a, you know, it's hard to do when you're young. I don't know, you don't really think about your health very much, I don't think. And um, she had sent me in for an ultrasound and a biopsy of the lump the same day in the same building that I was having my appointment with this OB. So before the OB appointment, I went and had the the biopsy done on my breast, which turned out to be a cyst, um, which was great news. And when I went up to meet this new um, OB, she, I kind of went in with my concerns about what was happening and she basically just said, just go back on the birth control. And I said, well, I don't want to be on birth control and there's something um, not right here. There's something wrong. And she kind of poo-pooed me and was kind of short and didn't really want to do anything and I just said, can you just test my FSH level or um, test just do some blood tests like from when I did the lupron stuff And so she finally said yes, I'll do the blood test. So I went in and I had the blood test done and I you know she said I'll let you know by the end of next week uh, what is the results And so by Friday and so I was all week I waited around wondering what the answers were going to be, what was going to happen. And um, on Friday, I I didn't work on Friday, so I only worked four days a week. And I kind of waited around the house by myself, kind of hoping to hear from the doctor. And um, I called the office once, and she was busy and couldn't get to the results. And so I waited. And after 5 o'clock came along that Friday, I kind of thought, well, I was kind of mad at her. She was already kind of rude to me at the appointment. And I was like, all right, she's not getting back to me. And I'm feeling stressed out about this because it's kind of an important deal to know whether or not I can have kids or not. So I was sitting on the couch with my fiancé or husband, my husband now, and I my phone rings. And it's the doctor. And so I answer the phone and I'm like, hello. And she's like, hi, you know, I I have your results here. And, um, you know, you, you're right. You can't have children. And... I don't know uh, if there's ever a a point in your life where um, you're prepared to hear that you will never have children, but certainly not at 6 o'clock on a Friday night, Um, just kind of thrown in your face. And... um, I, I mean, I started pleading with her, I'm like, is there anything, can I, you know, is there Clomid, is there any drugs at all that I can take to, you know, get this happening for me again, and she's like, no, there's nothing we can do, you will just never have children, and um, I was, it pretty much broke me in that moment, because here, we had just bought the house that we live in now, with my, my fiance, and I wanted nothing more than have children with him, and when they when she she said it that way, it was um, extremely painful uh, for me, and it was uh, definitely an array of emotions that came through me in that moment. And um, first of all, I I hung up the phone crying, and I just told my husband or my fiance that I I can't marry you, uh, you know, and um, because I didn't. Wa- want to hold him back from where (laughs) from having his own kids and uh, you know I didn't want to be a burden or you know take something away from him you know I just loved him too much I want him to have everything and so I you know know, all I knew was I needed to make some appointments and figure out what I was going to do about this so I called my, my boss at the time his name was Dr. Ronald King and I told him I needed to take time off. i had been working with him for about two years, and he was a holistic dentist, and he was super nice to me. I think, and and he was like, you know, I have a lot of friends in the holistic community that are um, holistic practitioners. Let me um, send an email out to these practitioners and t- see if they can help you. And I was so grateful for him for that because. I he gave me hope when I didn't have any. After that, um, and so I was so grateful for him to that for that, and um, he did that for me. And that was kind of my my. I mean, I had been working in the holistic dental um, office for a couple years, and I had been learning a lot through the patients and through Doctor King, but I hadn't um, gotten too into the the holistic world quite yet um i was kind of just testing the water watching studying experiencing it so this was kind of my moment where i was like if the medical community can't help me then i'm gonna find something that can so um i found myself inner you know on the internet researching all sorts of different things and a few of the practitioners wrote back about different options and I I, I saw a few of them um, for a long time and um, they just weren't you know I'd like to say that the happy ending is that I was able to have children um, myself or I shouldn't even say that biologic biological children but um, if there's one thing that I've learned from my life from my experiences is um, I don't really like the word can't. Um, that's about the moment you're going to see me push as hard as I can t- can. Um, so um, it was always something that I, you know, I cried. Now in this, this moment, I didn't realize actually until a couple of days ago how much um, that moment when I talk about it still hurts. Um, so anytime, because anytime you get married... People always ask, specifically when I was in the dental always ask, when are you going to have children? And um, my answer was always, and it was never painful. It never hurt when someone said that to me. I just always said, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and how. And uh, I truly um, agree. You know, I have two beautiful children now. Um, and that that came to me through adoption and i could not be more grateful to and thankful for their their birth parents for um giving me the opportunity to um be a parent so that year that you know i guess i found out in october well november november first week in november i found out that i couldn't have children and um it was painful, and I just, I think what I did was I just, it just motivated me to try harder, to, to eat better, to do anything that I could to heal my body. I was I was learning a lot. And, um, you know, you know is when spring came, and I was kind of feeling in a better place about things, and I feel, was having hope that for our future, and we were getting ready to, you know really starting to plan our wedding which <laughs> we planned pretty because of this we got kind of off track and we had started to plan our wedding I you know clearly kind of didn't want to plan the wedding simply because I you know really didn't want to hold my husband back but he stood by me 110 percent and said <laughs> you <laughs> I am marrying you it does not matter we will have children and um he was a real support for me in that as well and I'm so grateful to for him every day and I'm so glad that he is my partner and raising my children and um so anyway so when we got to you know April when Easter came along it was like we need to start planning this wedding if it's gonna happen (laughs) next October or this coming October so me and my husband we we decided to plan or we started talking about, like, who should we invite to the wedding? What should the wedding, you know, how many people should we invite? And so, we had kind of talked to my my parents about who they'd want to invite, and we talked to his parents about who they'd want to invite, and we kind of all talked a little bit about that on Easter. And then we, the week was going on, I had just got a brand new um, car. I had, like, I had had car trouble, and... I got a new cobalt, and I was like, so excited about it. And so anyway, it was kind of a busy week, and one day that week, I was I was working, I was putting a, a rubber dam on a patient at the dental office, and getting ready to do some dentistry when um, the receptionist in the office came into the room and said that. My husband, well she said she called my husband by his name, and I was like, "Who?" Because um, he was my fiancé, and he had never called me at work before. And I was like, "Who's on the phone?" And um, she she said that again, and she's like, and so I just knew in that moment that there was something wrong. And I got up from the chair and I went and I answered the phone in the concert room, and I said, "I said, what's wrong?" And He could barely get the words out but he said that his father was dead um and it was uh he um it took i mean it took him a while to get the words out but his dad had committed suicide and um he was like him and his dad were inseparable so that was extremely um painful for my husband and so um you know of course I, i rushed out of the dental office and i'm um I'm a super, like, um, or I was at the time, I was super, it it was very important to me to always say thank you and goodbye every day. And, I mean, it still is, but um, it it was more of a superstitious thing. And I wasn't able to say thank you and goodbye to Dr. King that day. And um, it was the first time in all, you know, the two, two and a half years that I'd worked for him that I hadn't been able to do that. And um, so I, Brushed out of the office went you know went home and went about my you know taking care of and being there for my husband and his family and you know it was a, a pretty hard time for kind of a you know if they can have 365 365 days kind of a, a hard <laughs> 365 days and um Derek's friends wanted to get together with him on on Sunday to kind of show their support for him and so we had them over to our house and had a couple friends from work come and one of my co-workers let me know that Dr. King was in the hospital so um, it turned out that mm-hmm. so it was a Thursday that, doc- that I got the phone call that Derek's dad had passed away and um, I, I guess on Friday Dr. King had um, fallen ill at, at the office and um, so I of course was distraught about the fact that he was ill too and he hadn't even told me because he had been talking to me on Friday and you know giving me some support information about suicide and he didn't say anything about being sick and um he um so I of course left the party to go see Dr. King because I wanted to see him and see how he was doing and um, when I got to the hospital we heard you know at that point they knew that he had um a tumor in his stomach and um and what had happened is it had um, lacerated so he was internal bleeding so that's the only reason they found it was because um he had passed out from the, lo- the loss of blood and so they were going to do surgery so the day that we buried Derek's dad was the day that Dr. King had his surgery and um you know, if you um, want to look at different illnesses that people have from me being um, being sick my whole life and having this issue with um, endometriosis and all these different issues that um, there weren't really any options for me, um, to uh, the mental illnesses that um, my husband's dad um, was Going through um but there wasn't real real good options for him as well in regards to treatment and dr king who was a fairly healthy person lived a pretty healthy lifestyle um, and then you know to find out that he has cancer unexpectedly and a pretty far along cancer um was uh difficult so for the next 18 months um i that he fought his battle with cancer I stayed alongside of him um, and made sure that I that that office ran as well as I could to help him and um, he struggled and he tried and he, he t- researched and he researched and he shared his research and he was such an amazing person and watching someone struggle with cancer and i mean anybody who's ever seen cancer it's a really painful and not um not fun and there's a lot of really hard days for them um and you know i got you know i saw that firsthand and i did everything that i could in my power at the time to support him and um what I learned from him and from his experience and from my experience is that uh, nutrition and health, a healthy mind, a healthy body, makes a difference. It's a huge difference in your health. So that's where like my biggest motivator to stay healthy and eat healthy and make sure my kids eat healthy all come from those experiences. And, um, so that's, uh, what I've done for the last 10 years of my life is really focused on, um, you know, learning about, uh, different ways to stay healthy, how to support my body. And I want to teach that to my children. I want to teach that to other people. I want to support people through those, those experience, you know, so they don't have to experience those experiences that I did. And then it's not to say that those won't happen anyway, but I, my goal is to reduce The risk. So, if you hear me being really passionate about some sort of organic, natural product, it's probably because I'm excited it exists and the lower the risk to cancer or any illness in general is absolutely fantastic. So, fast forward through all of this, um, when I was 26 years old, I had the opportunity, and actually this know can go into a little bit of a little bit but dr king um was adopted and he um in the final weeks of his life we i was looking at um ivf with donor eggs and it just wasn't something that i wanted to do to my body simply because of where my body was at and i didn't feel that my body would do well with that and i remember sitting and talking with him one day and him discussing the um adoption that he said why don't you just adopt there's plenty of children in the world that need parents and um it stuck with me and shortly you know shortly after that we uh, started our adoption process um getting our paperwork done we you know went to meetings um we did everything that we needed to do and he told me that I think like on October 1st of that year and um I think i had been so that was eight like two years from when everything started. And and he passed away three three weeks later on October 21st. And so it was definitely a, a hard year with the loss of him. But we moved forward with the adoption process. And um, it almost felt like this, there was this energy with us along the process of it. But it, it went really smoothly. So interestingly enough um we uh it was i we had the wait to get into there's a waiting family book when you adopt people and you have to you have to you they are, there's only there's only like 40 families that are allowed in the book at any given time and so that gives people more opportunities so anytime someone is picked from the book um then somebody new can come in so we where we we waited and we waited and waited, and we found out that we were going to go into the book as of August first. So August first, our profile went into the book for adoption, and you know they tell us it could take you know up to four years. So there wasn't any major expectation within me, except for the fact that I'd already started buying baby clothes for some. Reason. Like I had a friend, or we have a friend that was. Um, I think she had just had her last child, and she wasn't going to have any more kids until she's like, "Come over, look for my stuff, see if you want anything." And so I went over and got some general neutral things, and she was kind of the first person that kind of pushed me into um, actually buying something so I was kind of like avoiding it because I was too afraid that 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 it wasn't going to happen. And so I started buying some stuff, and um, all of a sudden we we get. Um, I got a call I think on my way home from work and it was um, our social worker that there was a somebody interested in meeting with us and I was like oh okay well that's really exciting and um, she goes so you know I'll send over the paperwork you can look at it um, let me know if you have any questions and we'll have to set up a time for you know let us know if you want to set up a time to meet them and I said well you know, I was asked her, I'm like, so how sure are they, because they normally pick like, you know, two or three parents to choose from, and um, I was like, so, I was like, how many, you know, how sure do you think that they are, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm nervous, and she's like, well, right now she's refusing to meet anybody but you, and I was like, really? Wow. So, I remember driving home from work, and I remember pulling into the driveway, and i We had, you know, we had said either or and I hadn't even got to look at the paperwork yet. And I I pulled into the driveway and my husband was out in the yard and he was like, it's a boy, it's a boy. And I just knew when he said that, that, you know, it's perfect. Our first child is a boy. It's awesome. I, I could see the joy in my husband's eyes and I thought... It's perfect. It's perfect. You know, and we went through all the paperwork, and we loved everything about it, and um, we, we set up an appointment for the Friday of Labor Day weekend, so, so that was, sup- I don't remember what day it was, but anyway. Well, actually, I should know that day. It's September 2nd. So it was September 2nd of that year, so I was like, so excited. And I remember t- talking to my my new boss about it, and he was like, all right, good luck. You know, everybody was super supportive, so, you know, we went and we took a drive out because <laughs> um, it was about an hour, I think about an hour and a half drive to where we were meeting um, the birth family. And we drove out there, and it was this, um, you know, she didn't, <laughs> she was pretty young, and she, she she didn't talk much, and I was try to talk for you know and Derek doesn't talk much and we talked and um, you know they always tell you not to expect to be asked to be the birth you know be the parent um, in the first meeting so I wasn't expecting anything to come out of it other than to meet her and so at the end of the appointment you know they kind of you get in this room they talk to you separately they bring you together you talk to each other and then they separate you out and then they talk to you um, separately to see if you know anybody has questions for each other or if one's like ah I don't really think that this is a good match or whatever it is and um we you know we were happy um it it seemed she was happy and when she came back in the room she asked us to parent parent um our, our this little boy and so I was of course we said yes who wouldn't say yes you know so um we were super excited so he was due in three weeks so I got on the phone, I called my boss, and I was like, hey, you know, it sounds like we're going to be adapting. It's going to be about three weeks. He's like, "We'll have a good weekend. We'll talk about it on Tuesday when you come back to work. Well, I was, <laughs> like, on Monday night, I was getting things ready and i was like we need to get hospital bags i mean this could happen anytime so i mean i made sure the car seat got in the car that weekend i was sitting there like panicking like what do we need to put in the hospital bags i not you know i don't want to go to work and then you know get the call that she's in, in labor and not have the hospital bag and so um, i kind of had put some stuff together but i didn't really know what to put in the bags i had never had a baby before and so i was like oh it's fine i'll talk to the social worker tomorrow and I went to sleep, and my phone rang at 4 23 in the morning, and it was his birth mother. And I was like, and then it stopped ringing. And I was like, Huh, Derek, do you think that she just rolled over on her phone, maybe, or something? And he's like, Well, maybe. And then the phone rang again. And I picked up the phone, and I was like, Hello? And she's like, My water broke. And I was like, Oh, okay she's like so how fast can you get here and so it was kind of this whirlwind (laughs) of like oh my gosh wrapping a baby so from the moment that we met his birth mother or family to the the moment that we were there for his delivery was a couple days so it was super strange and so the way that it was is there was um the way that it worked out is we ended up, um, do some complications from, doc, uh, from my son's, uh, or our son's, our son's, um, delivery. We ended up at the hospital for four days. So we really got to know, uh, his birth family and, and they're really our family now. And I'm so grateful for that because they are spectacular and, and we have a really good relationship with them and it's, it's just completely awesome but what well the fun part is and the reason that I went into this tangent about uh the adoption in the first place is because um the finalization date of our oldest son's adoption was exactly 1 year to the day of Dr. King passing away and i i mean i know that people don't um always believe in um you know Spirituality, or they have different takes on spirituality, but I truly do believe that he had a hand in our adoption process. So it was just incredibly amazing experience. Uh, so I am super blessed from that uh, perspective. I have, and we have adopted again. Our, our, we have. He's one and a half years, almost one and a half years old. And another great experience through the same adoption agency. And um, I love. And we have a great relationship with uh, his birth parents as well. So it's, it's been really, really, really awesome. But sorry for the tangent into the adoption stuff, but it's something that um, that was really, really important in my life and kind of brought me where I am. So I know, <laughs> so that's why so I've then been on the health journey to make sure that my, my kids are healthy too. And ultimately my goal is to hopefully have the whole world be healthy that would be absolutely fantastic and and though my journey hasn't been easy uh, it definitely has taught me how to appreciate different things and also as uh, time has gone on I've been able to connect the dots and explain a little bit more about um, where where I am If I had to go back to the day that I found out that I couldn't have children, would I change it? Not for the world. I have two beautiful boys and they are my world. And I am blessed beyond belief with them. And so there is no way that I would change my journey in that way. But what I want to work on with you guys is today is health and fitness. After hearing about my journey through my struggles with health, you might uh, relate to that personally. You may um, have somebody in your life that could that you kind of think, oh, I feel like that might be something someone else is going through. Um, but I want you to take a moment and look within yourself and kind of gauge where you think you are right now on your, your health level. Um, just kind of take note because uh, I don't, you could be really doing really awesome right now where you feel like I am at my goal, I'm doing really good or you may be thinking to yourself, you know, I could really improve in some areas or you could be thinking to yourself, I'd like to improve but I just don't know how. And uh, hopefully, if you are in that area where you want to improve um, or you're in, you want to improve and you don't know how, then this podcast will help you um, on your journey um, to health. Um, part of health isn't just, um, you know, eating well. It's also being physically active. And what I do with my clients is I give them daily physical challenges. They're not super difficult, and they kind of ramp up as the days go on. So the longer we work together, the harder they're going to get, uh, simply because my clients are getting stronger. Uh, so it's, it seems to help, uh, and I do the physical challenges too, so it keeps me moving and, and, and grooving as well. So... Um, so that's what I do to get physic- uh, do physical fitness. So um, if that is something that you think would help you uh, stay on track with staying physically fit every day, because every day we have a lot going on in our lives. We, you know, a lot of us work at computer desks, or um, if we are working, we're not really being able to focus on our bodies as much. And the fun thing about the challenges that I do with my, um my clients is it's something that you can fit in throughout the day so if you have to get up and go to the bathroom you could do a couple of these and I don't require my clients to do them all in one sitting um, they're kind of they can do it sporadically throughout the day as long as they get them done and this is a good step in the right direction for physical fitness if it's something that you don't or haven't been doing for a long period of time, or you have a life that is super busy and you're like, there is no way I'm going to be fitting physical fitness into my life anytime soon. So that is an idea. If you are um, a person who's like, uh, I don't want to work out, that's not something I'm going to do, um, then that might be a way if you Thought that that was something you wanted to bring in balance into your life, a way to bring a little bit of balance into your physical fitness. Um, I actually started um, running last um, last spring, after I started having some heart. Uh, was it's called an unexplained or unexplained sinus tachycardia basically is what I was starting to have and it was pretty bad for a while and what um, and I went to many many specialists and no one really knew what was going on and they couldn't really give me a good answer to what it was that was happening and so I um, really tightened up my my <laughs> my health healthy eating. I tailored out my diet to be super, super strict. Um, I visited my chiropractor and my acupuncturist and I started, uh, I joined a gym and I started doing cardio and cardio was one thing that I always said that I would never do. Like people would tell me that they were running in 5Ks and I was like, (laughs) that is never going to happen for me. And so I, I started running, and one of my, my friends that um, helps me out with daycare um, a couple times a week for a couple hours a day um, is a runner, and she's a, you know, a, a really good runner, and um, she was telling me about her experiences, and then my best friend was running too, and she um, was posting it on Facebook, and so I was kind of like, well maybe I could run and my major goal when I first started running is to make it like around the block that was my my first and only goal that I had and then ultimately the only thing that I really was trying to work up towards too was you know running for 20 minutes at a time and (laughs) what I found is it was I was talking about my running with a a co-worker at the dental office that I work at and he was like do you want to do you want to run a half marathon with me? And I was like, uh, maybe I'm like, not really. I I said, I don't think I'll ever be running a half marathon. And I went home and I kept, I kept running and I made sure I was running like three or four times a week because if I ran, I didn't have the sinus tachycardia when I was, when I would wake up from my sleeping. So, if I and then on days that I didn't run or if I didn't run two or three days in a row, I would um, it would come back. So I'd have the sinus tachycardia again and wake up from it. So my motivation to running what running was to keep the sinus tachycardia from from happening. Not sure. I I could be a, it could have been a stress thing where it was getting my cortisol down. In my brain, um, but whatever it was, it worked for me. <laughs> so um, I had done that for a while, and then uh, I I sent him a, a message and and I said, "Hey, when is that half marathon again?" And he was like, "Oh, it's in August." And I was like, "It was. Um, I think I was like four weeks out before it." And I was like, "Yeah, I I think I want to run the half marathon with you." And he and I said. And, you know, I had only ran at that point, um, which is actually quite a lot, but I'd only run like six miles in a row uh, at that point. And so he's like, well, you come out and run with me on Saturday and we'll see if you can do it because, you know, you probably, I think I needed to be at like eight or or I think I had to be at like (laughs) 10 miles or something like that at that point for running training. And so I I met up with him at like 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning, um, on the other side of town, and I ran with him, and I ran eight miles with him, I th- and um, I, I made it. It was hard. I had uh, some knee problems, but ultimately I, I made it. And so I ended up signing up for the, the half marathon that day, and two weeks later I ran a half marathon. <laughs> so um, I, I wouldn't say that's the norm, um, but I never thought that I would make it around the block running. And within a few months of continually working on my running, which actually felt good after a while, just simply because I knew I wasn't going to be having sinus tachycardia, which is a s- like a rapid heart re- uh, heartbeat in the middle of the middle of the night, and wake up with a, a heartbeat of 150, and so it was super uncomfortable and painful, and s- so that's how I ended up with my my cardio journey. So I, I do think cardio is really important to do. I, I, I always I exercised. I did lots of yoga, but I wasn't a cardio person. But uh, with with getting that sinus tachycardia, it certainly was something that uh, pushed me to to start doing cardio. So I challenge my listeners to creating two goals from themselves this week. Um, one. A fitness goal getting some sort of physical fitness in at least five times this week and um, health-wise I guess that kind of goes towards your health so you could guess use that as your other goal but health-wise I want you to um, think of an idea about how you can improve your health and if you could and are willing to, um, I would love it if you sent me an email at soul llc at yahoo.com to tell me about it, to comment on this week's podcast, what your goal is, because I'd really love to cheer you on. And I'd even love if you could let me know if you actually achieved your goal, because then I really want, you know, to be there for you as well. And if you are struggling with your goal or aren't sure about what a goal could be, a realistic goal, I mean, I'm not trying, I don't want you to make a goal to run a half marathon because that's not what we're talking about. Just something small and simple that's going to um, uh, positively impact your life this week. You know, and and health-wise, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to eat differently than you are. I mean, mean it could be as simple as saying, I'm going to eat once, you know, you may not eat somebody, you could be someone who eats like six servings of uh, vegetables a day, 12 servings of vegetables a day, or zero uh, vegetables a day. And if you're a person who's a zero vegetable person, you're simply, your health goal could be, I want to eat one piece of broccoli today and that would be your goal because it doesn't matter where we are now it's where we want to be health-wise you could certainly and and we're all on a different part of our journey so health-wise We could, you know, one person could be on the end where they feel like they're super healthy and someone else who's on the other end who is dealing with some health challenges and um, could use just a step up in the right direction. Now, certainly if you have trouble (laughs) goal setting or you're not sure even where to start with your health, email me. I am a health coach, so that's what I do. I do online um, appointments as well as in-person appointments i normally see clients in the evenings and on weekends because during the week during the day i am still a daycare provider since i'm doing daycare is my six thirty to 5 as i say um, and then um, part-time health coaches I'm building my business the world has <laughs> in store for me in regards to to where my my career will be forever but um that is what I think is most important this week is that we have two goals, one for physical fitness, one for health. It could be healthy eating, it could be I am so stressed out right now, I need to just sit down and chill with a, you know, some tea or take an Epsom salt bath and just relax. I mean, even drinking more water is a health goal. So I'm really excited to hear what you guys' health goals are. I feel like I need to make a health goal this week. So my health goal is to make six healthy recipes. See, I'm, I I reports record this podcast earlier and um if I haven't mentioned it yet, but we're doing um I'm partnered with The Real Pantry, which is a real food seasonings company. She also makes a couple different um mixes of different, um, like, I think there's some brownies that are, I don't know. She has some great products anyway. But anyway, I partnered with her with a a few of her herbs. There's five different herbs that I've partnered with her with, and I've created six different recipes that are going to be posted throughout the week on my Facebook page. It'll be on my website at www.balanceddory.com. Or I will be on my Facebook page, my Twitter, and my Instagram, which is all at Balanced Dory Ann. Um, and so she's also going to be offering a super awesome discount for my clients, which I can tell you now because this will air after <laughs> the big news is revealed on Sunday. So she is offering 15% off all first-time orders with all orders, 15% off all orders and then free shipping on your first order, which is a really awesome deal. She has a standard um, first time buying um, special, which is 10% off plus free shipping. So 15% off is a pretty darn good. And I am definitely even going to order off that because I have now, I had bought some sample packs um, like there were gift sets with four different seasonings in it. I oh don't know, it was five, five different seasonings in it. And so, I and gave it to my um, my siblings and step siblings for Christmas this year. And um, so I used I. Had gotten one for myself too because <laughs> I was like, I want to try the different herbs too. And so I've been using those for my recipes this week, and they were really, really good. And actually, I got to try this herb, um, herb de Provence, as I'd say. I'm sure if you say it French like, it would be different. But our in French um, it would be different. But that's how I read it, and I tried it, and it has in there. What does it have? It has thyme. Rosemary, summer savory, marjoram, lavender, oregano, parsley, and targon. And I I hadn't ever had this seasoning before and it's super good. So my health goal is to create more recipes using real pantry um, seasonings and feeding them to myself and my family and my daycare kids. And my physical activity goal is to get my running in at least three times this week because I have been, haven't ran in about three weeks now. And I, I just haven't had time with the holidays and everything. So that are, those are my goals. I look forward to hearing about what your goals are. you have any questions or you like my podcast have some suggestions for my podcast or if you want to do some you know what I would call empathy corner which I wanted to do this this time but nobody emailed me empathy corner where maybe somebody's having a hard time and um, I can talk about it on the podcast and we can give them some support and then also high five corners I would call it is I call them the heck yes is basically any time that you meet your goal I want to hear about it so I can share it on the podcast so we can celebrate it with you. So, I'm hoping (laughs) that this week I will receive some emails and some likes and some comments. And if you like my podcast or um, if you could do me a solid and share it with others, the more listeners I have, the better I do. And... The more people I can celebrate their their good times and support them in their hard times and we're gonna get through this. We're gonna find balance this year and it's gonna be great. So with that being said, I'm Dorian. Thank you for listening to Finding Balance with Dorian, the Journey 365 podcast. For more information about my business, Mind, Body, Soul, LLC, I'm a health coach health and wellness coach. Um, You can visit my website again at www.Balancedory.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.